Welcome to the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Expert Series Podcasts. I'm Wayne Stacy, the Executive Director for BCLT, and today we're talking about Arthrex and what we can expect going forward. I'm here with two attorneys from the law firm of Winston Strawn that are both leading experts in patent litigation and PTAB litigation. We have uh, Nilmaka Wickramasakra. She's a senior IP trial litigator specializing in life sciences and the medical device sector. And also we have Juan Yakian. He's an IP litigator specializing in PTAB litigation and PTAB practice. I want to thank you both for, for joining us today and uh, helping us look into the future and figure out what Arthrex may mean for us. So starting with you, Juan, I wanted to ask you, uh, does any of this make a difference? We've been fighting about Arthrex for uh, over a year and the Supreme Court finally gave us an answer, uh, gave us the director review process. But the real question is, does any of it matter? No, and I think that's the, well. So the short answer is probably not. It, there, this probably isn't going to make a big difference to the way parties approach the PTAB, and you know, it probably isn't going to make a big difference. And one of the main reasons why it probably doesn't make a difference to the way parties are going to approach PTAB is because most parties and most people uh, don't believe that this uh, what came out of the use the Supreme Court's Arthur's decision is going to result in a big difference. Uh, a, a big difference being seen at the end of PTAB uh, proceedings. And I think that that's the view, probably the, the, the general view that most likely, one, we don't really see the director probably stepping in to overturn the board, and we don't really see the director being too involved. And so there's, there's quite a few reasons why we probably see that. And there's a really just practical reasons. I think, you know, if you, if you look at this, there's a ton of activity going on at the IPR. There's hundreds of PTAB judges alone just to handle the entire PTAB docket. And now to to expect that one director is going to be uh, able to go through with the fine, fine, detailed uh, review and be able to identify issues to to take up on review. I think nobody really expects that he would be able to do that. And uh, at the same time, no, uh, the Supreme Court didn't really even say that the director has to do that. The director just has to have the ability to review. And so just the, the, the volume alone of what's going on at the PTAB, we don't, no one really expects the director to really be stepping in and cause any major disruption to the results of the what's going on at the PTAB. And, and we also have to think about the, the, just the social aspects of the fact that the director's dealing with colleagues um, and he doesn't also want to undermine his, the, the administrative patent judges of the, the USPTO, they want to support, you know, the, the staff and all these administrative judges and the detailed work that they do because in arriving at a final written decision, because we have, we have to remember that really the, the director review is only going to come into place after a final written decision. And to arrive at that final written decision, these PTAB judges spent a lot of time, detailed um, consideration, to arrive at these final written decisions, hearings went on, and then the director to come in and overturn on something. I think most people don't expect that to, to be happening as well. And then the last practical aspect that we most people think will, will prevent this from causing a major disruption is the fact that this all this still needs to go to federal circuit review. 
So the the the, the standards for the petition, for the response, the hearings, uh, the evidentiary standards, all those things that the PTAB reviewed, you know, for the director to come in and really uh, make a difference and overturn something, uh, there has to be something that's pretty blatant or narrow or obvious or something that would withstand federal circuit review. So even with the sort of political um, aspects that, that many people view could play into the director's role now with the additional power, still all of this needs to, will we'll need to be able to withstand federal circuit review. So all that considered, no one really expects that this is going to cause any major disruption. And I think we even see that based on the, the way parties have come out. Parties, and I'm talking about parties who have open Arthrex uh, decisions, open or, or have preserved open Arthrex um, uh, arguments. At the federal circuit, most have said they don't really want to go back and get direct review. They'd re they'd rather proceed on the merits and just have federal circuit maintain jurisdiction over the merits. And you know, let's not worry about going back for direct review. That alone tells you that they probably don't see a different outcome uh, happening back at at the PTAP. And then even since we received the arthritic decision, there's there have only been really in reality just a handful of requests because i think up until about last week there's been about 14 requests but 11 of those are related so really just a unique request it's only been a handful and you'd expect a lot more than that if you really saw that this would be a, a major disruption especially given the fact that this you know decision came out over a month ago almost two months ago so it seems like in most instances if you think the the panel made a factual error overlooked something you're probably still better off with the the panel rehearing proceeding rather than trying to jump straight to the director review. Yeah, and I think that's probably the view that most people have, and I think that's why you still have the option. I think all of that, as far as the process of how this will go by, you know, the director review as compared to rehearing, all of that is still sort of in the interim stage. I think that that goes back and forth. Uh, as far as what you need to, whether you need to go with only direct review or um, only rehearing and the process after that, whether if you pursue direct review, can you, can you still request rehearing? All of that is still sort of in the interim. And that's why a lot of people at this point, at this point right now are, are still unsure as to the, the, the appropriate, um, the, the best route or which, which gives you the best chance of succeeding after you've received, for example, an unfavorable, unfavorable decision, because both of those options are still on the table. Well, one of the things that popped up uh, in this current review is that the director has de novo review over everything. So that's an immense amount of power sitting in, in the director's hands. Is, is that a, a standard that should worry us and that maybe we should, is a patent bar be pushing to, to strengthen? I can handle that question for you, Wayne. Um, <clears throat> so no, I, I don't actually think that that's something to uh, be concerned about because although the de novo review is given to the, to the director for the um, final written decisions, it is, it's still not an unrestrained opinion by the director. The director cannot, um, the director's decision is going to still have to pass muster under the appeals process. So I think what you're going to see is that it does not end up being a meaningfully different review 
from um, the procedures that we that we currently have, such as the presidential um, opinion um, you know, review procedures that the director can undergo, where they feel as if they're faced with a significant question um, in the final written decision or issues such as um, inconsistent opinions or decisions. So I think what you're going to see, as Juan mentioned, is you're going to see great deference by the uh, by the director to the PTAB to his PTAB colleagues, uh, especially because a de novo review would be a full review of the record. And I think there will be a sense of deference to those, the panel members who've extensively reviewed the entire record and what the director and, and the acting director in this circumstance would be doing is rather looking for, for any major issues. So I don't think that the de novo review by the director is going to result in the director um, you know, significantly departing from what the, the panel has, has been deciding in the final written decisions. Well, I've, I've heard a few people talk about the types of decisions that you know, people should consider taking to the director. And like you were saying, not taking fact decisions because the, the board knows those better and the board's more likely to do the, the full in-depth deep dive into that. But do you see maybe procedural type issues as the the type of things as practitioners we should take up to the the director something like like the old fintiv rules you know whether you want that rule considered as being proper or improper is that something that that could be taken to the director yeah well at this stage any any issue can be taken to the director so i think that uh what you're going to see is um I think what you're going to see generally is, is more of the major issues that if the director, for example, sees material errors of factor law, overlooked um, issues, novel issues, things that may affect policy, I think we're going to see those. Certainly the PTAB has been more active in procedural issues. And I think you will, you, we typically see that from the director in the form of guidance. Um, but now the director has this additional rule um, for procedural issues, and I and I definitely think that that's an avenue. At this stage, though, frankly, it's it's any issue that can be raised to the director, and I think this provides the director an additional um, tool in his toolbox to use. Um, but I don't know that it's going to be much different from the guidance that the the director already has the power to give. Um, so I don't know unless there are um, you know significant issues that are arising that the guidance is not already addressing. Um, I still think we're going to see great deference to the to the um, PTAB. And I'm not sure that we would see the director making these guidance changes and policy changes by way of, of a review as opposed to issuing new guidance. So that will be something that um, will be interesting to watch. And, um, and the procedural, the procedural aspects are certainly, you know, some of the more important aspects to practitioners before the board. Well, maybe shifting gears a little bit now to what's going to happen in the district courts. Um, you know, we already know that uh, the speed of a of a IPR or the entire process weighs in on many district courts on how they look at stays um, and you know, just just basic district court processes. Do you see any potential for gamemanship here to lengthen the the PTAB review process out by you know, continuing to appeal and maybe setting the course of uh, the PTAB hearing and the PTAB resolution behind that of a district court? 
Yeah, so generally I think practitioners are uh, uh, pr pursue these procedures not solely for the purpose of delay, <clears throat> not solely for the purpose of delay because very often the district court will make its decision as to whether to unstay a state case based on the issuance of the final written decision. Um, very often we, we don't see the district courts waiting for a rehearing um, decision in order to make the decision whether to lift the stay. And many courts do lift the stay once the final written decision is, um, is issued. So I think what we're going to see is much of the same procedures being followed by, by both plaintiffs and defendants in these situations. Plaintiffs obviously will want to get those cases unstayed um, for any claims that have been affirmed. And um, in, many, in many cases will want to get them unstayed for claims that have not been affirmed and that are on appeal given the statistics that they will try to raise to the district court. So they obviously will want to get to trial as soon as possible, get that verdict um, uh, affirmed on appeal as soon as possible with the race to the courthouse uh, or the race to appeal being the, being the big issue when you have concurrent proceedings. Um, so, and I think the same would be true for the defendants. At this stage though, the interesting thing is the timing is a little bit less clear because the, the, this new procedure for review by the director has no uh, time limit on when the director should issue the decision. But, you know, we're not so far from the track record. We're not seeing the director being very active in this review procedure so far, at least the acting director. Um, and with with uh, with the rehearing decisions being um, being issued with mostly denials so far, I'm not sure it's going to meaningfully change the timeline. Of course, that's something that has yet to be seen with uh, when we have a confirmed Senate confirmed director. So I guess that is a, a big point right there. That right now we have Drew Hirschfeld, who is uh, got the maybe the longest title in government, uh, the person performing the functions and duties of the director. Um, not even really the, not technically the acting director, just the person form, performing the duties. Uh, but we're, we're already into August and we don't have a, even a, a nominee at this point in time. So assuming that we do get a nominee sometime soon and we get a new director, what do you think we should be watching for in the, the early days of the new director's tenure? Well, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting situation because, we, you know, the new director will not have had um, their guidance implemented yet. So what we will want to watch for is, does the new director have <clears throat> sort of different um, views on the procedures at the PTAB um, than the previous guidance that the, the final written decisions have been um, issued under, which, which that director will be receiving for potential rehearing. So I think what we really need to see is how deferential is this director going to be? Um, and that all really is looking into a crystal ball at this stage because the director has this new, you know, this new ability to review decisions. And these are decisions that were issued not under that director. So, um, you know, if he, that he or she has different views on, um, on uh, how these decisions should be coming out, we'll, we'll see that. I mean, we frankly, have seen that in the past with certain directors taking um, the position that more patents should be surviving IPR. And so we saw numbers of patents uh, of claims being invalidated being driven down over the last few years. So, um, you know, it's with it being now more under political control, it will be an interesting thing to watch. And that's what we 
um, that's what we will <clears throat> we'll need to see is how deferential this new director is going to be to the PTAB. Well, perfect. Sounds like we've got a, a lot to, to look forward to when we get a new director. Uh, but until that time, I guess we will watch uh, how the, uh, the current person performing the duties and functions of the director uh, manages the situation. So thank you both for your time. And uh, when we get more rules, I'm sure we'll be back in touch. Thank you.